Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The unpleasant noise you are about to hear coming from your radio is not a mistake. Please do not turn off your radio, but turn up the volume on your receiver as high as it can go so that you can make the sound we broadcast as loud as possible. The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo. You may wish to deny it, but your eyes tell you it's true. Sound. I'll turn up the sound so you can hear the monsters dueling to the death. Hello and welcome to episode 137 of the Kaiju Cast, a bi-monthly podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle and this is the first episode of April 2015. And in this episode, we have a very special interview with some friends of mine who are running a very important Kickstarter campaign for all Kaiju fans out there. Last year, Chris Olio and John DeSantis teamed up to launch a Kickstarter campaign that aimed to organize a live performance of Akira Ifukube's Godzilla music during G-Fest. Pardon the pun, but it was a smashing success. The 53-piece orchestra, which was rounded out to 54 by John being the conductor, tingled spines and induced goosebumps to around 600 attendees of G-Fest 21 at the Pickwick Theater in Chicago last year. We briefly spoke with John during our live broadcast earlier this year about the response to the concert, and he alluded to their plans for this year's concert. On March 25th, Chris and John launched a more ambitious project, and we are going to talk with both of them about their newest crowdfunded challenge and how you can help make Symphonic Fury, the music of Japanese monsters, a reality. But first, we're going to play a couple of tracks selected by John and Chris by composer Ko Otani, starting with Determined to Protect Our Future from Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidra, Giant Monsters, All Out Attack, and following that up with Offense and Defense from Gamera 3 before firing up the interview. Thank you. 
Welcome back to the Kaiju Cast, John DeSantis and Chris Olio, the two dudes who helmed the Ifukube 100 concert Kickstarter campaign last year and then made it happen. So, uh, like, I don't know, you've done the concert, you've uh, provided the perks. How has the reception been to the whole thing now that you can take a step back from that first campaign? Um, I would say it's it was really good. It's it's very much kind of an out of body experience when I look back on the entire arc of everything. You know, going from you know Kickstarter from last year, which my God feels like it was yesterday, and now it's a year old. And the the reception. I mean, me and John just couldn't be any more happy because um, so many awesome people have just come out and, and said such wonderful things. How they were affected by the CD, whether it was you know. Either hearing the music at the concert, getting the CD and hearing it again, or, or they were at both and they heard uh, the CD as well. I mean, it's just, it's been really great. I mean, people have, have even oftentimes been very emotional about it. And, uh, you know, we couldn't ask for anything better. And they said it, you know, brought them back to them as a kid watching kaiju films. And it was very nostalgic and, uh, you know, kind of brought them to a good place. And that's, man, it's beyond anything we could have expected and, and hoped for. So I'm, uh, we both are very, very grateful for that. Yeah, the uh, the response definitely to the to the I guess what you would call the standard the double disc uh, set has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, you know, we had a few other you know we had a few like little trip ups and stuff here with some of the other rewards that we had to get finished. But you know, we did a good job, I think, of letting people know exactly what was going on. <laughs> you know, as we were going along, and um, I think now that people have received all their stuff. And they kind of, you know, they, they see it was worth the wait. You know what I mean? Especially in the case of, of the um, of the double disc CD set, you, you know, Chris and I really wanted to make sure that we did that right, you know, because we wanted to do it the right way. Anything worth doing is worth doing right. So uh, we wanted to just kind of make sure everything was, was perfect with that. And I think just people holding it in their hands and listening to how good the, the recording quality is, uh, I think they get that. Oh, dude, it's phenomenal. I uh, I got it on my phone now, and I jammed to it on the way to work and stuff. That's awesome. Uh, seriously, cool. I mean, I I know I mentioned this to John before, but uh, I don't know Chris if I've I don't think I've seen you since G Fest, right? So no, no. To the both of you, I am a extremely impressed with the entire thing, the production from, from all the way to the beginning of the Kickstarter, all the way through getting the perks has just been fantastic. Uh, the quality is very high, and the entertainment value is extremely high as well. So it does bring back memories of sitting in that theater and, you know, tapping my hand to my leg to the tunes. And, uh, man, it was very, very moving. Oh, very, thanks, very Kyle. awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah, one of the coolest comments I think I got, um, I know I, I, I got this feedback from Jim Fagurski, but also um, from actually from a, from a few other people. Uh, they said like their children that were there with them um, were like, I guess, imitating me conducting at the concert, which was kind of, it was kind of cool, but kind of weird at the same time. But it, it's in a good way, you know, and um, just hearing things like that's really, really awesome because that, that means, you know, it really it got people, you know, it, it really did what we wanted it to do. It, it kind of um, unleashed you know, those warm feelings of nostalgia and, you know, really just trying to remind people why they love this stuff in the first place. It was very cool. And I'm very glad to hear that you guys have launched another one, which I definitely want to talk about. Now, I got to know immediately after, well, I guess not immediately, but let's let's talk about the, the several days following the Kickstarter campaign uh, and several days following the the actual concert, like how did you feel like you must have been elated, just completely high up in the air on, on that experience. Um, after the, the concert itself, well, when we got funded, I think, you know, we might've talked about this before, you know, with the last concert, um, it was both elation and down. Oh my God, it's real. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Which which was great. I mean, you know, it was like, well, now we have to make it happen. So, um, it wasn't a fantasy anymore. Uh, right after the concert, I don't think we really, I think all we were concerned about was, okay, we've got work to do now. We've still got 
you know, we've got rewards to, <coughs> excuse me, rewards to manufacture and uh, stuff like that. And, you know, yeah. and there wasn't much of like a downtime moment. I mean, it was yeah, after the concert, it was still like those few days after was kind of like, did we just do that? It was, but it was, it was a good feeling. It was a really, really good feeling. And, and again, like John said, we kind of immediately went into uh, the next uh, stage of things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like it would just, it, I think our thing was like, we were, we were sweating most of the time about it because a lot of what we were doing in regards to like, even, um, like getting the rights, the, the mechanical rights to release the CD. Um, and for those of, I may have explained this on a previous episode, but for those who don't follow, uh, mechanical rights refer to if you want to press, uh, let's say X amount of physical units, mm-hmm. For, like for us, we pressed a thousand uh, physical units of our concert because we bought the license to do that. Uh, some of that stuff was readily available, um, the rights to some of those tracks. However, obviously, listening to the concert, you know that we did a lot of uh, we did a lot of tracks that weren't on any previous collections in the United States, things of that nature. So <clears throat> we had to kind of hunt those rights down, and um, it was really funny because we were looking simultaneously in all the right and all the wrong places. Um, and, uh, what we ended up doing was, um, I actually ended up contacting jazz rack, which is, uh, Japan's biggest performing rights society. And they handle both mechanical rights and performing rights. Essentially it's almost like, okay, like in the United States, the two biggest, um, the biggest performing rights organization is ASCAP. And there's Mm -hmm. also BMI, and uh, for mechanical rights, it's the Harry Fox agency, which is who we went through. And Jazzrak had is kind of like both of those things in Japan. They handle both performing and mechanical rights licenses. And in North America, they work with those two companies. So I actually uh, established a relationship with um, <clears throat> with one of the the international, uh, I think the head of international relations over there, and they actually pushed the rights through really quickly for us. So like once, once we figured out exactly, we got through the language barriers and we, we kind of ironed out exactly what we needed. Uh, they were so helpful to us. They, they pushed them through, we licensed them and then we manufactured the CD. That's incredible. What kind of ramifications does that have for the, the recording? Is there any way that could be actually sold in Japan? I mean, if they wanted to, well, the, the recording itself is copyrighted by us. Uh-huh. Now we don't own the music or anything that we, that's what we, we licensed the tracks via, like I said, the previously mentioned mechanical rights, but um, if they wanted to release it, they could, but I, they don't like, they'd ha- I, I don't really know how that works. I mean, I guess if, if there ever is an interest in releasing that in Japan, if anybody ever approaches us, we'll handle it from there. But I, I really don't know how it would work in the reverse, but um, it really w- I don't think would, would, like be a complicated situation gotcha actually just out of curiosity have you heard did you guys have any uh backers that were that were in japan we Uh, had about a good 10 or 12 actually from japan um i've heard nothing from them actually yet but i'm we kind of slowly every so often get a message you know you send out packages and you know you may get a response Weeks later, you make it one immediately, and and, yeah. and it's cool hearing people's reactions to it. And you kind of just, you know, people that are again are, that are total strangers, but you know, we're all kind of fans in it together. It's kind of cool opening well, up a dialogue. I can definitely tell you one person in Japan who uh, really enjoyed the recording, and that's Kyo Otani, the the Gamera composer and the gut the composer of GMK, whose music we want to showcase in the first part of the next concert. And I mean, I literally. Um, I sent him basically a CD through a go between through our, our friend over there. Um, basically, right away, like I don't even think that the CDs were dry yet because we <laughs> wanted to. Uh, I, I was working on um, via Norman England, like we were going back and forth, and uh, I was trying to kind of um, get him on board with the idea of us doing his music, and um, I kind of really wanted him to see that this was top-notch professional you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. he um he really picked up to it when he saw kind of what we were about so he actually got really excited that that's one of the things that is i mean that that's probably the most exciting part about 
this next if we're gonna if we are successful with the next concert campaign because uh, Mr. Otani has said that his Gamera, his 1990s Gamera scores and GMK have never ever been performed live. Nobody in Japan's ever even asked him. Wow. So we'd be the first in the world ever to ask him to perform those works live. That is like seriously. I think that uh, that should be one of the biggest selling points, especially because you can tie that into Gamera's 50th anniversary this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, not to mention the you know, of course, the first time performed outside of Japan. Well, uh, no, ever, ever, even- ever. Yes, that's what you just said. <laughs> and, and it was yeah, surprising to hear that. I like slipped his- back into a Fukube mode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it was funny because uh, you know you think, my God, these scores are so great. How how have they not been performed before, especially in Japan? And and it's for me, it was even surprising when I heard that. You know, I think the music to Gamma '95, Gamma Garni Universe, especially like if you listen to that soundtrack, it's got such incredible forward momentum to it. It's like how like it. I can't wait to hear that live, you know, just because it's just, it has that, like that aesthetic that really, I think would make it very appealing in the live setting to people. And it's, and the music is very popular. He's, uh, Mr. Otani's music, even beyond kaiju films is very popular. Yeah. I'm, uh, of course, as you guys know, I'm a huge Gamera fan. So just the fact that you guys were even, talking to him is very exciting um and actually otani's score for gamera 3 uh really was just hauntingly good in the very first trailer i ever saw for that film that had like the the lone like wind instrument this was haunting like i i still even think about that trailer and the music in it like to this day yeah the uh, the gamera 3 score is fantastic too and it's funny because i think a lot of fans will either gravitate towards Gamera 1 or Gamera 3. But Gamera 2 actually has a lot of great music in it as well. And I, I think that score gets overlooked a lot. But if you listen to... My favorite track on the Gamera 2 score is the music when Gamera's first fighting the Mother Legion at the uh, at the airfield um, right before the explosion in Sendai. And uh, that music is just pure powerhouse, adrenaline-like. Oh, it's going to be great. So what kind of requests did you get or, or did you ask of, of Kootani? Um, we went through and, um, kind of, uh, Chris and I sat down a little bit and kind of listened through like, okay, these are the tracks from the movies he did. And I was like, okay, what's like a wish list? And we kind of whittled it from, from there in a sense and said, okay, these are kind of what we want to do, you know? And, um, you know, similarly how we did last year, we kind of want to do it as as a suite in a sense to kind of, you know, musically almost tell the film's story, but in a concert setting, you know? So um, that's kind of what we hammered out initially before we even approached him. Yeah, our, cho- our choices together were pretty almost exactly the same. It's a matter of, <clears throat> and this is always the problem, and this is the problem that I ran into last year arranging the music even for the Godzilla suites was, there's so much more you want to do and you just have so little time. And it's like, if the musicians had unlimited stamina, like, you know, you could go all night with it, but you know, it's really a matter of just kind of just picking at least what we felt personally were the cues that really summed up each film very respectfully and, and very strongly. And, uh, we kind of, um, uh, I put those together, um, handed them off to Norman, and uh, he handed them off to Mr. Otani. So um, that's you know that's what it's going to be. And Mr. Otani agreed to uh, prep the scores for us, and then obviously he'll send those to me, and then I'll arrange those for our ensemble. Fantastic! Seriously, really excited. <laughs> oh, yeah, <thanks. laughs> it's great. I mean, it, and like I said, it's. Mr. Otani, uh, uh, Norman described him, and this, this is one of the reasons why, in addition to the music being played live, Mr. Otani actually wants to come to the concert, and that's a big priority for us, is to get him out somehow. And meeting him, he's, how did, how did he describe him? He just said he's pure, pure musician, purely musical loves nothing more than just being musical and is just basically the kind of guy that fans would love to meet. 
you know what I mean? Like just somebody that, that would just absolutely um, just fit the bill, fit in. And, you know, it, it's an exciting thought, but it's also like that thought also terrifies me because, oh, okay. Yeah. The composer of this music right. is sitting right there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Does he actually conduct his own stuff? Uh, like just, I'm talking about to the, the recording orchestra. Um, I know he did not conduct the three Gamera scores, mm-hmm. uh, for GMK, uh, it was a very weird setup. If you listen to the score to GMK, it's a lot of it is, is synth heavy. Like he did a lot of, um, synth augmentation to the score. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the ensemble of real musicians in the studio was actually pretty small, all things considered. Mm-hmm. And, I believe he actually um, either conducted or instructed them or, or guided them um, in the studio for that one. So, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, I, I would imagine he knows how to conduct. I mean, he's a very accomplished musician, very talented man. Um, so, I, I can't imagine that he doesn't know how to conduct, but as it goes with a lot of uh, film composers and especially in his case, because he's, he relies so much on synthesized elements, he probably prefers to stay in the mixing booth while it's being recorded just so that he can monitor the levels. And um, a lot of composers would do that. Like Danny Elfman likes to do that. For instance, he doesn't conduct his own scores. Mm -hmm. Interesting. That actually makes a lot of sense for Danny Elfman. Uh, Yeah. yeah, So that's definitely got to be nerve wracking. Uh, but I'm glad you're going for it. You're trying to get it to happen. <laughs> well, yeah, that's an exciting thought because I don't think we ever envisioned a sequel, if you want to call it. You know, I mean, yeah. we were just kind of so focused on the first one, and it wasn't until around G Fest time. I know JD and a few others were like, "So, uh, so is there a sequel?" And we we kind of didn't really think too far into it. But you know, of course, we you have ideas, and it wouldn't it be cool if, and wouldn't it be cool if that, but. You know, I, we kind of felt like this was a natural choice of, of to, to follow up with the first one. And it, it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, I've never done a sequel on something that I've, I've worked on. So it's kind of exciting to do something that, you know, not only was successful for the viewer, but and for, and for us as putting it together, it was, it was very humbling and satisfying. But, you know, it's going to be kind of cool to see what the next step is going to be. And, and I hope, like John said, we are, we're lucky enough to get that chance. I hope so too. I, in fact, uh, let's even back up a step even further. Um, I, I will have mentioned it in the intro, but, uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, symphonic fury, the music of Japanese monsters. Uh, and yeah, let's go back to the Genesis of this, uh, of this sequel, if you will. Well, it's funny. Uh, it was actually, you know, we tossed around some ideas, during the planning of, of If Kube 100, and, but, you know, me and him didn't even think anything of it. We were so focused on Eye on the Prize and, and get the, the first concert off the ground, and, you know, it was, it was probably actually at the Sunday, uh, I guess, the blood party at, at G-Fest that, you know, some people had, uh, had asked us, and they were talking about the concert, and everyone, J.D. Uh, himself was, like, just saying, you know, hey, got any other ideas, and, and, and maybe you guys can do another concert last year, and we kind of were just like, hmm, and that kind of from there, it kind of started, I guess, the genesis of it. And, and it was like towards the end of the summer, we started kind of going through a track list. I think our, our initial track list, like I said, it was very, very long. But, you know, we kind of whittled it down from there. And um, we knew we wanted to do more If Kube. And um, the the one thing I know, it, which is very, very popular and, and is kind of like a great best of, is, is Symphonic Fantasia, um, If Kube's three musical ensembles of it it's it's really uh it's got so many themes that we didn't cover um from the other tokusatsu films of the 50s and 60s so it's a good opportunity to bring those themes in like from atragon and king kong escapes and and it's a good way to kind of get those together as well and you know i I will tell you the hardest part was finding a title for it for a while we were just calling it concert two so (laughs) um that took a little while that was probably the hardest uh part of the entire thing and uh you know, we were simultaneously planning it while doing a lot of the post-production on the first CD and, and rewards. So, you know, it was it was definitely a lot to take on. But, you know, I, I think hammering out the details over the course of months and, and figuring out, okay, what we can do. And, you know, I, I think it's people are in for a real treat if we're able to do it, you know. 
I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I want to do more than just one concert from the get-go, but, um, you know, obviously you focus, you, you have your focus on, on the one at hand, but I mean, I would be completely lying if I said, you know, I didn't think about doing, and, and honestly, my first thought for a sequel concert was, um, always, I wanted to do Otani's music because he is one of my favorite composers, uh, I love his music a lot. I feel like a lot of people deserve to dis- rediscover his music um, in this kind of a fashion. <clears throat> and, you know, like, obviously, then Chris and I were like, but man, you know, we want to we wanna kind of do, uh, you know, Godzilla 84 and Son of Godzilla. You know, we want to hear all that stuff. However, I, I, basically, the, Otani's music was, was in close proximity to me. I could actually access it. And... <clears throat> All I can say for the, you know, the people, you know, who want to hear, still want to hear like the other stuff, like we just mentioned, just come along for us on this ride. Because if we are lucky enough to do this, and if we're lucky enough to do at least one more beyond this, then I think everybody's going to be satisfied. Everybody's going to get to hear what they want to hear. Because uh, through this one, uh, we were fortunate enough now with the, uh, with Symphonic Fantasias, one, two, and three, um, we were fortunate enough, uh, thanks to Eric and um, Kiwami Ifkube, to have established um, a, a, a relationship with um, the president of Toho Music. And in fact, I'm hopefully expecting a package from him any day now. So that door that I was trying so desperately to open last year has now been cracked a little bit. So if we can do a great job with this, and really knock this concert out of the park. The sky's the limit for what you guys all want to hear next time around. Dude, that's awesome. In Toho music, that's really that seems like it could very, very much open some big doors. Uh yeah, well, again, we hope so. Um could, could, you know, t- possibilities. <laughs> you know, like we don't want to put we can't put the cart before the horse, but you know, like I said, we um we uh like I said, thankfully through our through our friendship and partnership with Eric Hominick and through his relationship with the Ifkube Estate, we were fortunate enough to really have that door kind of open a little bit to us. So that's why it's very important that if we are lucky enough to see this through, that we really do a good, respectful job of it. And I will mention this. We also have another little thing planned prior to Symphonic Fantasias 1, 2, and 3. Um... I'm not sure if, if you're familiar with um, Akira Fukube's classical works, but his classical piece, uh, Kishi Mai, which has never been performed outside of Japan, uh, it's actually, it, it contains the origin of the of the Japanese naval march from Godzilla 54. That's where that comes from. Mm, okay. uh, it's a short piece. It's about four to five minutes long. Uh, we, we're going to perform that as well, just to kind of like... It's kind of like a way of like eating your vegetables before you get your your dessert. You know what I mean? It's like nice, you know, because nice. <laughs> if if Kube's classical music is so good and all these themes that we know and love have their origins there, we thought, hey, you know, it would be really cool to kind of I almost introduce it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I don't think a lot of fans have heard, and I I myself can tell you, up until last year, I've really heard very very little if Kube's classical work, his non kaiju stuff. And uh, getting a chance to, you know, get some of the CDs or, or download them off of iTunes. I mean, they're, they're terrific. They're absolutely amazing. And, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a cool way to open up that door perhaps for other people and, and say, okay, maybe they want to rediscover this music as well. Because it's, it's just as much of a treasure trove as his kaiju themes. Yeah, and the, the, the funny thing is, Kyle, I'm not sure if you know of this story, but there, there was a story that uh, Mr. Ifkube related when he was alive several times about how... Um, when he was recovering in the hospital from radiation sickness at the end of World War II from uh, his experiments with x-rays on the de Havilland mosquito, um, which is the all-wood British warplane that they captured. Okay. Uh, he, 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 he relates an anecdote where he, he was listening to the radio and, and uh, General MacArthur was arriving in Japan after the surrender, and he claims that they were playing this piece, Kishimai, 
uh, for his arrival. So now whether we we're not really sure if there ever was evidence to suggest that that actually happened, but he did relate the story several times. So that's the interesting thing about that piece. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's got it's it's steeped in history, both Absolutely. in legit yeah, yeah. history and uh, Godzilla history. That's, and that's cool. One of the things we wanted to do too with uh, Symphonic Fury is is ultimately not replicate anything we did last year. We we felt very strongly that the show should be entirely entirely different and uh, should open up new venues and and to hear new tracks and to do something very very different that isn't going to be okay. You heard this last year, and again there are some tracks that repeat from from last year that'll do it this way, but it's arranged differently and stuff. So, um, you know, it's our hope that, you know, we do something that's, that's new, um, for, for ourselves and new for people that come to the show. Are you guys, uh, particularly excited for any particular perks that you have out there? Are they like, are there any that you're like, ha dude, if I was doing this, if I was supporting this, this is what I'd get. Uh, the rehearsals. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that was a cool yeah. idea that uh, John had that he brought up. Um, and one of the things we felt is that, you know, there were a lot of people that were very kind of curious around RNG Fest and, and what's it like? What's the rehearsals like? And, you know, we would show them a little, little snippet and they'd be like, oh my God, this is so cool. So, you know, I think it's a cool way to be interactive. We wanted to do things that um, we had either gotten suggestions from last year from people that said, well, wouldn't it be great if you did this? And, we also kind of wanted to do a little more of an interactive experience, which is how the rehearsals came up and um, also, you know, meet and greet the orchestra on the performance on the night, the night of. So, you know, and again, that's where the digital download came from. Um, just, these are all different suggestions that, you know, we, we try to take, okay, what's the most popular kind of things and, and rework our rewards. I think that, I, I think I'm for most part, you know, I didn't imagine what the CD was going to be like. And, you know, John kind of, Really was like, oh, trust me, it's going to be really, really great. And, you know, he was uh, very familiar with, with the digipacks and stuff. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm like, I, I just thought it came out beyond anything I could have imagined. So I'm excited to, to get, you know, and, and to see what this year's CD is going to be like. But I think getting going to rehearsals, I think it's going to be a very interesting experience for a lot of people um, and seeing their reactions to it, you know? You know, and I will, I'll add the reason that. Uh, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think I thought of it last year, but I wouldn't have probably wanted to offer that last year because I, I just wasn't aware. I, I mean, not aware, but I wasn't. I didn't know what things were going to be like, and it's kind of hard to like. Chris and I really closed off our rehearsals to a few trusted people last year. That you know, I mean, like it's it's hard to like when when you're in such new territory and things are so like daunting and ahead of you like it's really difficult to kind of open that up to people before you know what you're dealing with now it's you know we feel good about that and we'd like to actually make people uh part of that you know if they're gonna because a lot of people arrive at g-fest you know early in the week sometimes as early as tuesday wednesday and it's, it's like you know what hey if you, you guys were a backer at this level tuesday night we have a rehearsal or thursday night we have a rehearsal you want to come by and hear what we're doing um, that's cool. And one of the other main things that Chris and I did, we decided right away, uh, because of all the headaches that we dealt with, was we eliminated the single disc, which became a single disc set after we got feedback from people who weren't happy that we had to cut contents to fit onto one disc. So we went back and we repressed it so that people could be, you know, we wanted to make our, our backers happy because mm-hmm. the people at like the lower, like the $25 levels, we had so many of them and they, they and contributed they to- a big part. The backbone of the entire thing and, you know, we wanted you to know. do right by them, you know? So, and so what we, we, what we did was we eliminated that entirely and we took the, 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 the deluxe, I guess the main double disc set, and we put it down at the $50 level because uh, we figured, well, you know what, then it's not a big, it's not a steep jump up from 25, mm-hmm. but then, it's like, okay, if you were a backer, you get the whole thing right there. If you're going to the show and you back it at that level, you get the disc right there. And we, we felt like that was really a good way to go for people. Oh, I totally agree. I think I heard a little bit of the the internet murmur, I'll just say, uh, when people realized that the the CD at the lower backing level was just a sampler. And um, I think for me, I was like, well, it is. I was, I was surprised. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, well, a CD only holds like 70 80 minutes. 70 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. But it was, it was a and lot. That of concert was a lot longer than funny. that. Yeah. I think we, we, it was within not even like 24 hours of, of hearing back from people. We, you know, we, we changed it up and, you know, and that's, and that's good. I mean, again, you, uh, you know, you hear that feedback and that's important because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, 
we want to have people that are, you know, happy with what they've made. You know, we don't want people to be like, oh, I regret, you know, backing that. You know what I mean? We want to make people uh, satisfied with, with that. Yeah. And it, in its own way, it's, a, it's also a compliment because those people want to re-experience the concert that uh, that they had, were at, basically. Especially, I mean, I guess not especially, but as <laughs> the only people were the ones that were there that would say that. But that's what I would have said. Like, uh, to totally take it off Godzilla for a second, I went to see Ministry back in, like, 1992 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, later on in life, I found a copy of the actual show that I saw, like an audio copy. Oh, wow. And it just completely made, like, the memories flood back into my brain. It was awesome. Yeah, I know what that's like because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, like, Pearl Jam and stuff, and they were, for a long time, they made, like, an, like a, I guess what you would say, like, an official bootleg of, like, every show they went or they they um, produced. Yeah. And then eventually it went online, so it would be really cool to go see them in concert and then go and, you know, be able to get the show that you were at and in good recording quality. But, um, I mean, the, the main difference... Uh, the main difference between the two sets is we, like, again, we, you know, the single disc set is just the music. The only crowd noise is, is at the end of, um, at the end of the Destroyer Suite, just because the people started cheering so close to the music ending. It was like, okay, you know, we'll we'll just leave that there and stuff. But the two disc set, because we also had to, in addition to making the people at the lower levels happy, we also had to preserve what was special about, the the higher level disc, which mm-hmm. obviously is the packaging, the booklet, the twenty page booklet, and all that with the liner notes and stuff, but that has the full concert experience. If you listen to that all the way through, you're hearing it in real time. You know. Yeah, definitely. And you know, and again, you know, the reason that we that we wanted to keep the crowd noise is because that that's all of you out there. You know, you're on the disc. You know, that's your voices. Um, you know, like expressing your love and appreciation for the music. So that's why we wanted to kind of keep that and preserve that aspect of it. Well, I, uh, I'm definitely going to be backing at that level for the, at least at that level for this particular Kickstarter campaign that you guys have. Now you started it at the end of last month and, uh, it goes until when? April 25th. April 25th. So for someone who can't be there at G Fest, this is a perfect opportunity for them to experience what people at G Fest are going to be experiencing. Uh, what are some other benefits for backing the concert? Um, we have, in uh, addition to one of the new rewards we had, uh, we had a decision to make a digital web series, kind of like a making of. Um, uh, you know, kind of. I remember a few years ago, um, they had like Peter Jackson had his like production diaries for when he was shooting King Kong, and you know, I remember at the time I was in film school, and it was so cool because you kind of learned a lot from it. And I, I think we were kind of thinking along the same lines, do it like a limited, but like do a different. Uh, facet of the production on every episode, you know, um, to kind of just see, okay, just, you know, between, all right, one episode might be focusing on Bob's art, one episode might be, you know, how to record a live orchestra, you know, stuff like that is, is kind of like, we want it to be a little more, again, interactive. Um, so that's one of the new rewards we have, which you know, I'm kind of excited to start shooting them and editing them and then seeing how people take to it. Cause I kind of like always, even myself, when I watch a documentary, I want to kind of learn something with it. So that's kind of like what we had in mind as well. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think the whole idea with that and even adding rehearsals to the to the mix was to kind of really, because we, you know, a lot of people ask, I mean, people ask a lot of questions. They ask, you know, what was it like to put this thing together? How much more? Well, now it's kind of like, all right, if you want to, if you really want to know, we'll show you, you know what I mean? It's kind of a way of being really, uh, really involving people who are going to be backing, kind of bringing them a little bit closer to the entire thing and not just, the the performance itself. Yeah, that's super cool. Without right. a and, doubt. And the cool thing is, is, again, one of the new rewards we have is the digital download, which will be something that will not be featured on the disc. So it will be something entirely new. And let's just say this: it's um, it's not Godzilla, and it's not from the 1990s. Okay, so we can narrow it down to that. <laughs> you can narrow it down to you know, like. A, giant turtle from the 1960s a little bit of music from that i don't know you could you could it's just a thought yeah okay yeah just fleeting fleeting ideas out there in the <laughs> mist uh and and of course the let's talk about what this money actually does for you guys 
not only does it hire the musicians, mm-hmm. but uh, which, which we're going to need more of this year to properly do Mr. Otani's music. But it's also uh, hopefully going to open up the opportunity for you guys to change venues. Yes. Yes. Um, we uh, again, not to jinx anything, and and but uh, we have a venue in mind that I think is going to be extraordinarily convenient for everybody at G Fest. So um, we're really, really hoping we can get it because it's going to be amazing if it's going to be there. Yes, um, but that venue also is a union venue, and it costs significantly more than our last venue. That's really what the raise in the goal comes from. It's the desire yeah. to get a new venue. Now, if if that doesn't, if we don't succeed in that, and we do end up back at the Pickwick, we're going to take that extra money, and we're st- we're going to do something, one way or another. We're going to bolster the show some way with it, so that people know that that money went somewhere, and it's going to be something tangible that you can see. Exactly, and, and at the heart of it all, I mean, the Kickstarter is essentially covering all from pre to post production costs as much as it can. Again, it doesn't cover all the costs um, as we as we learned last year, but. Um, it's all going towards the production. Every penny of that's going to go into the production, whether it's, okay, we're budgeting this for the CD manufacturing, which you know is, mm-hmm. is quite a lot of money between mechanical rights and the pressing of the discs it's themselves. Again, yeah. it also goes to hiring the musicians, booking the rehearsal space, um, which last year we had a really great experience at Dominican University, about 10 minutes in the other direction um, from the hotel. And uh, you know, we'll be hopefully doing rehearsals again there this year. Chris, you uh, just told him where we rehearse. Uh oh. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'll just uh, turn that backwards and spin it around. No, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll have Scott Martin stand at the door. Okay, exactly. yeah. You brothers, you know? <laughs> so, but um, again, it, it all kind of goes into anything that we're uh, making. It goes again to manufacturing the perks and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, you know, we just want to do the right thing and we have an idea and we hope that people enjoy that idea and I think last year again beyond me and John's expectations I mean I you know it would have been great oh that was really cool man but like the response was just so you know oftentimes very humbling very personal for people you know just relating their experience I mean I remember people coming up to me and you John and they were like can I, can I give you a hug for, for the concert and I was like yeah, sure you know what I mean and it was just such a great experience because it was it was such a warm good feeling of things and again that's that's all we can kind of ask for and you know if we can make our idea happen and, and, and make people happy you know that's that's hey that's more than we can ask for that's 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 a great feeling and I think the one major thing to keep in mind, and this is for anybody who's listening out there who either contributed, came to the concert, whether you bought a ticket, bought a t-shirt, you know, whether you're considering, if you're considering contributing, just keep in mind that this event is every bit, and I, I stressed this before, but I'll stress it again, it's every bit yours as it is ours. You know, I mean, you guys help us make it happen. We go out and make it happen. And all of us, the collective, every fan, everybody who sits in that auditorium, everybody who sits at home and listens to this, you know, to the music and is moved by it, that's that's a collective effort right there. And you know, for as proud as Chris and I and and Eric and 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 all the other Same guys, Archie, were, yeah, yeah, all the other guys and Tim, uh, all the other guys who were on the team, as proud that we all are, you know, it's very important that all of our backers and all the people who bought tickets and the people who supported us, it's very important that you guys also take pride in what you did because you did, you helped us. We couldn't have done this without you. You know, that money didn't come from just out of the blue. It was very much a collective effort. And that's really what we seek to do. Again, we want people to feel like they have an opportunity to really do something special. Again, we're not repeating what we did last year. All we're doing is going forward with a new phase. That's going to be, hopefully every bit as exciting and as as energetic as it was last year and we're going to try and do it even better because we're going to take every experience that we had last year positive negative the reason you know the things that delayed the rewards you know things that we could have did better the day of the show that's all stuff that we're you know we've taken to kind of go forward and say okay this is how we're going to make this better this time awesome so uh are you, are you guys getting the same uh, people to, to perform with you? Uh, if they're if they're available, I mean the the people that we had were all freelance 
um, just freelance musicians. And the, the great part about Chicago is Chicago is such a music town. There are so many symphonies, so many orchestras, and you're just there's no shortage of great musicians out there. And part of the reason that, that the recording sounded so good and the performance was so good was because you had top-notch professionals. We didn't go and hire a marching band, you know, like a second-grade marching band. And no offense to any second-grade marching bands. <laughs> Keep up the good work. You guys will be, you know, up there doing your thing in the future. But, you know, we, we got top-notch professionals. And, and yeah, I, I mean, if they're available and, and – I'd say the feedback we've gotten for the most part has been very like, yeah, we want to be a part of this again. What are we doing it? Well, you know, let, let's, let's, let's make it happen. Yeah. And it's again, once we get the funding, it's just a matter of it's okay. Okay. Boom. It's, it's like we did the day after it was, there was no rest at all. It was just like, okay, we have funding's there. Let's go do, you know, and that's the thing too. And hopefully again, they will all be available. Um, Cause it was kind of neat getting to know them too. And, and seeing people that, had no idea about kaiju music or Godzilla music, although there were quite a few people that were familiar in the orchestra. It's kind of cool seeing them get into it and get something out of it, and that was a really interesting experience. All right. Well, so you guys have about three weeks left in the mm. less than three, mm. right? A little less than a little three. Less, yeah. less yeah. than three weeks left in the campaign. Uh, but I really, really, really urge all of you guys out there, the listeners, to not only donate to the Kickstarter campaign. But if you're going to be anywhere near G-Fest, A, you should go to G-Fest. But B, you should absolutely be going to this concert because I was uh, – I, I know a couple people. I'm not going to shame them on the show, but <laughs> they didn't go to the – they didn't go to the concert. Yeah, we know a few and, too. But... <laughs> uh, and I think they made a huge mistake. Well, I think, too, that there's a – you know, people didn't know what to expect. They heard Godzilla concert. Well, what does that mean in a, in a sense? And, you know, we, we tried to explain it as best we could. But I think now that people seen, okay, this is what they're doing, uh, you know, it's, it's at least our hope that, you know, people that missed out last year for one reason or another, they, they would like to join. And that, that would be great. They should definitely join because it was awesome. I, I actually, at the time, I was like, this is the only time I'm ever going to be able to see this. And in a, in a sense, it is because you're changing the, the playlist, as it were. Uh, yeah, but, that that particular program, um, we're not going to do that again. Yeah. And I'm not. It's not even like there won't even be like a like. I don't think any of those suites we're going to perform again because um, even if there. we go forward, like like if like God willing, if we do this one and we do get to do maybe like one more or whatever, um, it's you know we 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 know pretty much what we what we think we want to do for that, uh, but. I know that if I if I have my way, I would do down the road. I would probably do one more suite from Godzilla Fifty Four because there was still so much music from that m movie that we didn't get to perform. And I have this like this desire in me to want to just perform every piece from Godzilla Fifty Four one way or another with the orchestra, including the music that was written but never recorded for the film. My God, exactly. that sounds awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's something to be said also about kind of preserving, I guess, if you will, the magic of that night. You know what I mean? There was this, it was a very special feeling in the audience. It was a very special feeling, I know, for us that we had. And, and we kind of, as stressed out and as, as crazy busy as we were over the months and, and the day of, it was just like, there was something very calming and very otherworldly about that night. And I think that's one of the things we kind of want to preserve the the original performance that way and, you know, not kind of redo the suites and okay, now we're going to do the, the, the same concert again, you know, down the road. Now we want to, you know, do something different, you know? I totally approve of the difference, especially the working with Koatani is fantastic. And you mentioned the uh, symphonic Fantasia. I mean, I don't know how much of any of this you're going to be playing, you know, if you had to compare one to the other, but both of those choices are like seriously up there in the echelon of my favorite kaiju soundtracks. I yeah. think honestly, the only overlap from Symphonic Fantasia's one, two, and three, and the concert we did last year, is the Sacred Springs music is in there pretty much. But even like there's it's there's an like a small intro and stuff on in Symphonic Fantasia. Uh, we did the Kurobe Dam uh, theme like with the that little piece for like you know horns and um, and a trumpet. Um, 
but other than that, it's there's not a heck of a lot of overlap. So it, it's really going to be kind of a fresh experience, even for people who were there last year. I hope you guys get to do another one. Because I'm not saying that I would want you to do it for this one, because I know you guys have probably have it, you know, your book is full, but for the next one, I'd love to hear some of uh, Masaru Sato's themes performed well, live. Uh, as would that we. So be it'd be a very We'd swinging event. Look, Kyle, look, look at it this way, not to get too ahead, far ahead of ourselves, because obviously if our second concert doesn't happen, the third concert won't happen. But of course. if we do get that lucky to get there, just remember this phrase, best of the rest. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I mean, I, I'll tell you what, I mean, like, I, I really want to perform the music of Rejiro Kuroku from 84. Yeah. I'd yeah. love, I'd love to do Sato's music. I would especially love to do Michiro Oshima, um, her, her music from the Millennium films. Uh, we're gonna, like I said, if we're we get, to if, cover all grounds with, if we're for, let's put it this way, if we're fortunate enough to do this concert, like we're we're focusing on on this one right now, of and that's course, all our focus course. is going to be. But if we are fortunate enough to go beyond that, um, look up the term magnum opus. You know, what I mean, because that's it's going to be <laughs> boom. Like we we really kind of want to just have that like that cinematic trilogy of concerts, so to speak. I guess. Yeah. Very very cool. Okay, well, let's actually talk more about uh, symphonic fury. Cool. Uh, you know, one of the things. Uh, that I am, I want to implore to the listeners out there is that I think it's very easy for some people to to see a successful Kickstarter happen and go, oh yeah, they, that's awesome, they did it, they did their first one, that's great, and then when a second one comes along, the mindset might be, oh cool, they're going to do another one. Well, they they got that last one, so I probably don't need to help with this one, uh, <laughs> and I want to make yeah, sure that the- no one out there thinks that because these guys absolutely need your support. They need my support. I'm going to be donating very soon to the campaign, and they really need this support from the entire community of Godzilla fans, Kaiju fans, Tokusatsu fans to rally around this and make this very unique, very amazing thing happen. And you know, Kyle, it's, one thing to to keep in mind, and especially f- this is a message for the the listeners out there, is <coughs> I'm not sure. I mean, we, we definitely know that last year, what, what the fans all came together and, and helped us do last year was never done before. Who the heck, I mean, uh, I hope somewhere down the line that somebody has a cool idea and the fans can rally. It's something that I can rally around where I don't have to do any of the work and I can just kind of <laughs> sit back, you know, like like you did your film. Yeah. And, yeah. Yes, um, which I'm very excited to, to see. I can't wait. You thank know? you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but things like that, you know, Chris and I, we contribute to... And because of the fact that not only do we just believe in contributing to things, but, I mean, you know, we like to give a little bit back, you know, because people helped us and stuff. So we, we love seeing what other people have in mind. And But th- this concert series that we have that we want to do, I mean, uh, you know, uh, to my knowledge, I, I, who the heck knows if we'll ever get to hear this music again. So for this little capsule in time, I guess, you know, it's very... Like, help us make it happen, people, because it's not going to be something that you're probably ever going to experience again. Maybe you will if you go to Japan. Maybe somebody else down the road will want to do it and they'll take up the reins. Who knows? But, you know, we're just doing our best to, you know, kind of give you guys something to be excited about and something to really feel like, you know what, if I give money to this, um, it went to, you know, a damn good cause, you know? A damn good cause indeed, sir. I really, I mean, you already know this, man. Uh, mm-hmm. I want this to happen really badly. And, you know, so I think uh, I, I I would love to uh, stoke the fires by cool. closing out our interview with some tracks. If you guys want to choose one or two tracks to close it out and maybe one for the to play right before the interview starts from Otani's or whatever, any, any oh, anything you here. want. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And again, thank you and, and KaijuCast for, for you know, being a big supporter of us last year and, and helping us to, to get the word out. And, and thank you for, for this year as well. And, you know, uh, let's, let's all do it again and uh, meet back at the theater, you know? That sounds awesome. I'm seriously, seriously pumped that this is going to happen. And when it does, it's going to be awesome. And once again, listeners, I implore you, these guys cannot do this without our help. So just go to the Kickstarter campaign, find the link in the show notes, and make sure you donate. Pick one of those awesome perks on the side, or you can even do, uh, you can just donate without having to get any perks from it either. So 
And also, just real quick to remind people that just if you pledge now, the you, you don't get charged for anything now. You don't. You only get charged if we make our goal and at the very end of the campaign. So nothing gets taken out now. You can decide. You know, this is what I can spend uh, at the end of the month or what have you. But you can pledge that right now and 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 have it go towards the um, the, the finish line. Definitely. All right. Well, John and Chris, this has been awesome, and I uh, I really look forward to seeing you guys later this summer. Absolutely, uh, you Kyle, too, Kyle. Same here. Yeah, absolutely. Always a pleasure. Uh, thanks for having us on again, and I hope that we're kind of all sitting around Sunday and just enjoying that we you know we all the collective everybody who donated helped us that we're all just you know happy that we were able to do it again. Big thanks to John and Chris for joining me to help spread the word about this year's campaign and hopeful concert. Please, 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 please head over to the Kickstarter campaign and choose the donation level that looks best to you, and let's all band together to make this concert happen, people. That is going to do it for this episode. We aren't going to cover any news or anything, but we will have another episode very, very soon. Uh, Seriously, like ridiculously soon, so stay tuned for that, and don't forget to send in your thoughts, questions, and reviews for Death Kappa before April 23rd to have your homework part of the Daikaiju discussion episode. We're going to close the show with another two tracks selected by John and Chris, starting with Gauss Fleas from Gamera, Guardian of the Universe, and then finishing it up with Fight of the Two Giant Monsters from Gamera 2. See you very soon. Jamata. (laughs) 